Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for this week's episode. Last week, I went deep into the power of proximity, how who you surround yourself with and what you surround yourself with impacts your consciousness. And I got a lot of wonderful feedback. One of the pieces that really resonated with people was this notion of living in the age of distraction. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot. We are approaching the end of the year, and it's a time where I do an assessment of what worked, what didn't work, and with the benefit of hindsight, what would I do differently? And I remember when I was a kid, I had a tendency to watch a lot of television. And my parents kind of instituted a rule where I couldn't watch more than two hours. Now, two hours is a a lot of time to be watching TV. And keeping it real talk, there are times, especially if I get into a series that I've not seen before on Netflix, that I will go deep and almost compulsively watch that series until I finish. Um, That was the case uh, during the pandemic when I had covid I watched all four seasons of The Crown, and uh, while that seemed like an okay use of time, given the fact that I couldn't leave my hotel room, it's something I think about at at the present moment, given that I'm working on a book, and I'm sure for you listening, you have your own dream project that is front of mind, and if I had to guess, I would likely argue that you have some distractions that keep you from executing on that dream or project that you're looking to produce. And one of the things that I think about a lot is how much am I consuming versus producing? And in that consumption, not only how am I distracting myself, but how is that input affecting my creativity and my consciousness? I had a friend who was homeschooled, and they were, they were deeply, deeply creative. And it occurred to me that whilst I love school, the traditional system based in you know 20th century industrial capitalism was oriented towards cultivating a form of consciousness that helped you be productive in society, uh, in an industrial society, really. And whilst I actually found algebra more interesting than most people, I have not used it uh, at all since since my days of schooling. And it, it occurs to me that if I had grown up, for example, in a more traditional culture where perhaps it was a nature-based society and I had spent my days instead off in the woods being uh, treated and, and trained by an elder to the wonders of nature, that would definitively influence my worldview very differently than going to a school inside with a traditional curriculum. I share that to say, what is the curriculum that you've created for yourself, either intentionally or uh, passively and, and unintentionally? And for me, as I do an assessment of this kind of end of year I'm looking at where I've unintentionally invested so much of that one precious resource we have, which is the limited time we have on the planet, and how that's affected my creativity 
my creative thinking. I noticed that when I put myself in an environment with very few distractions, uh, an example of that is I actually flew down to Lake Atiklan in Guatemala and I committed to spend a week in a retreat center where I had no distractions, uh, no Wi-Fi, no ability to tap in, very little cell signal, and even my meals were prepared and left in a box outside the house so that anything that I would use traditionally to procrastinate was basically taken off the table. And in that process, as I would look out at the, the majesty of the lake, I realized when you take all of your distractions off the table, while there's still an urge to procrastinate, the degree to which I found I could tap into a creative flow was significantly better. And so as I, as I think about now 2023, and I would encourage you guys to think about you know, whenever you're listening to this, the year ahead, I think about how do I set myself up to win? And for me, while that's about adding elements to my life, I think the thing we most infrequently think about that could have the most profound impact is how we edit out the things that don't serve us. So that process of life editing, I think, is essential. And to me, if I think about the, the, the ways in which I'm spending my time and I combine that with an assessment of whether that's distracting or not, I think in my life edits, I want to spend way less time consuming content that not only consumes my time, but my energy. I'll give an example. I do have a penchant for thrillers, especially espionage thrillers. And while I never thought about it previously, I realized that the images that I'm consuming are actually appearing in my dreams. And what that led me to to realize was it's actually not just the time in front of me where I'm consuming media, but it's the way in which that impacts my energy, my thought process, my, my subconscious. And I think we dramatically underestimate how much the stories we surround ourselves with inform our worldviews. And so I recently uh, quit all of my subscriptions to news sites. Um, I used to love uh, waking up and reading the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. I have now quit those subscriptions Slowly, I am um, quitting other subscriptions like my Netflix and my other streaming services. And that's just an example of where, for me, I get myself in trouble. In the past, I've also looked at other areas where the cost-benefit analysis is skewed. For me, uh, alcohol was a very, very good example of this. Um, There's obviously, you know, the alcohol drinking process, which we know is not the best for our health. But for me, I didn't have a hardcore negative orientation necessarily around alcohol. I didn't have a a drinking problem. But what I realized is that it massively affected my energy levels. Um, You know, the next day, even if I wasn't quote unquote hungover, I found that I was less productive, more distracted, 
and honestly would have an urge to eat crappier foods. And so on measure, in doing that cost-benefit analysis, I realized that the cost far outweighed the benefit. And so I would really encourage you guys, as you're listening, to think about doing a a cost-benefit analysis of your own life and looking specifically at the ways in which you distract yourself. In other words, when you're procrastinating, what's your go-to? And, you know, Stephen Pressfield, who I've interviewed twice on the show, wrote a book I, I recommend to everyone called The War of Art. And in it, he talks about this notion of the muse. And the muse is that divine creativity that all of us have access to. And he talks about resistance. And resistance is our egoic uh, ability to distract ourselves from the power of the muse. And resistance is incredibly intelligent. And it will find even seemingly positive ways to keep you from producing and tapping into that notion of purpose that is your unique gift, your unique expression. And distraction is resistance. And so I think about where the ways in which my resistance is most acutely formed. What are the patterns I'm noticing in the ways in which I am not producing my best work? And how can I start to edit those things? The other thing I've found is that in editing, one of the things I find most helpful is finding a substitute that I can practice over time that hopefully becomes a habit and in a way fills the void. So replacing distraction with an act of creation. And if not an act of creation, something that actually helps me to get more creative in periods in which I'm focusing. So I'll give a a coach an example. Last night, instead of uh, another piece of content, I chose to pop into the sauna. Now, while I'm in the sauna, I'm not necessarily creating, but what I find is the sauna has many downstream compounding positive effects. One, when I'm in there, I'm meditating. Uh, I am, last night I was listening to an audible book, So I am reflecting, I'm thinking about my creative projects, but beyond that, it has obviously health benefits. Uh, I use the aura ring and I've, I've recognized that when I take saunas and do cold plunges, my sleep is better, which means I'm getting more deep rest, which is that time where, you know, our brain takes out the trash and allows us to be at our best the next day. And so I've been looking for behaviors and habits like that which either are designated times for my creativity or enhance my ability to be creative. I would put workouts and exercise in that category, Um, outdoor time. I've been looking to get more hikes in. Again, cold plunge and sauna have really served me. But I find that those are instances in which I'm relaxing. So when I feel I need a break, instead of going, for example, to a piece of content, scrolling aimlessly on Instagram, I'm now going to conscious periods that I find both restful, but also foster my creative process instead of taking me away from that very precious energy, which is our creative muse. And so I wanted to share this with you guys today because, you know, I think this is a very human struggle. And, 
we're, we're always in it. And it isn't to say that we have to be uber dogmatic about never allowing ourselves the, the sort of the junk food of, uh, you know, a terrible film, uh, or, or piece of content. You know, I think sometimes, uh, indulging in that is, is fantastic, but it is about consciously creating and choosing those times and knowing that you are, uh, intentionally delving into uh, that endeavor rather than sort of passively falling into it and recognizing that there's a compound effect. I think that's really what I'm getting to, the compound effect of our creation or distraction. Because one of the most powerful things you can do to create a habit, whether it be a good habit or a bad habit, is simply taking that, that first step And once you take that first step and that becomes a second step, it often cascades and compounds. And if that's a positive step, it can be a beautiful step in the right direction. There's a gentleman by the name of Boyd Vardy, who I also did a podcast with that I loved. And he talks about uh, the analogy basically of of lion tracking as it relates to life. Boyd is a, a fourth generation lion tracker. And he says, where many of us get lost is in trying to find the exact orientation of our purpose. And he, he correlates that to the lion. We try to think about where the lion is rather than looking for the first right track and from that place finding the next right track. And I think in habit formation or any creative endeavor, It's instead of getting overwhelmed by this huge goal or where we often sabotage ourselves, you know, setting four huge goals at once and then not following through on any of them, it's finding that first small win and stacking on it uh, that next right win and recognizing where the small steps backwards also lead to a precipitous slope and to us losing momentum in our goals. And so, What I wanted to encourage you guys today to think about is the compound effect of distraction and where you can be consciously aware of the back step and how that can lead us to fall into a precipitous slope. And as we do a conscious life edit and think through how we want to move forward, I encourage you to replace an an instance in which you find yourself consistently backstepping with something that you actually love to do, but is a step forward in the right direction and commit to doing that, you know, for a week and then from a week for a month and, and see where it takes you. Because as I've embarked on this process, I found it's yielded profound results. And as I look to 2023, I'm looking to finish a book working on a, an art project to host hopefully the world's first art exhibition in space. And as I think through these various goals, uh, as well as all the other things I'd like to do, uh, you know, call in love in life and, you know, be present for my family and all the different goals that I have, I recognize that distraction has no place in, in my life. And that isn't to say I can't be forgiving in the instances in which I, I fall, uh, to, to my unconscious uh, drives, but it is to say that I'm going to be more deliberate in where I choose to invest that one precious resource we all have, which is our time. So I wanted to encourage you guys to think this through as you approach the year ahead and do your own life audit. 
And in that process, think about the behaviors that have compound effect and where you can replace one behavior that is an exemplification of your distraction with a habit that leads you towards your proactive creation. Because each of us have our own unique song. And I think that it's, it's, our, it's our, our walk in this life. It's our path to, to refine the notes that are that unique song. And all of us are yearning to hear yours. So I'm encouraging you guys to go out there and think about what notes can be removed and, and what notes can be sung loud and proud to create that, that masterpiece, that resonant song. So sending you guys so much love. I hope you have a, an incredible week ahead. And uh, yeah, sending you uh, wishes for your own beautiful song.